Experience the magic of the holidays at the Bull Run Festival of Lights, Northern Virginia's largest drive-thru light show. Drive the festival route from the comfort of your car. Turn off your headlights and just follow the magical glow. Ooh and ah through the winter wonderland where it's always snowing and see the tallest light display yet. Purchase tickets today at BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. That's BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. Northern Virginia's largest drive-thru light show. Be delighted this holiday season at Ice and Lights, the winter village at Cameron Run. Just minutes from Old Town Alexandria. Stroll through the park and enjoy winter photo ops, light displays, hot chocolate, and a warm treat. The winter village offers playtime for the entire family. Extend the magic of the holidays by visiting early, starting November 17th. Get your tickets now at CameronIceandLights.com. That's CameronIceandLights.com. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. We're taking over. So it'll read them to you. Lift your Bibles out. Let's make our confession of faith together. I am ready to receive and fully submit to God's word, which is the lamp to my feet and the light to my path. In this year of fruitfulness, I will manifest good results in every area of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, customize, tailor, make this word for us, your people, and we'll move and walk in what you've ordained. I take authority over this atmosphere now and anything that would attempt to oppose your word from changing the lives of your people. We shut that down, we rebuke it, and we renounce it. We say that the spirit of the Lord is in here, which means we have liberty. We got liberty to praise. We got liberty to clap. We got liberty to give God glory. And we've got liberty to leave our yesterday, to embrace our today. We got liberty to leave bondage, liberty to leave our failures, liberty to leave our mistakes. We have liberty. And we thank you that it is so. Lord, do what you do when you do how you do when you do it when you do it because you do it so good. In Jesus' name, we pray. Everybody in the church said, Amen. Guys, I want to get right into this word. We are in week seven of our series, Harvest at the Movies, and we've been using movies from the big screen to learn biblical principles. Today, we're going back to 1989 to the romantic ups and downs of accountant Molly Jensen, played by Kirstie Alley, uh, which are viewed cynically by the most unusual of bystanders, her newborn talking baby, Mikey, who is played by Bruce Willis. Do me a favor. Touch your neighbor and say, look who's talking. If you remember that movie, what made that movie funny wasn't even the theatrical prowess that the actors had. What made the movie funny, watch this, was that even though you couldn't see the baby's mouth moving, you heard what he was thinking because he narrated us through the movie. Let me see if I can say it another way. His voice led us through the movie even though we didn't see his mouth moving. Check it out. His voice led us through the movie even though we didn't see his mouth moving. I'm going to say it again. His voice led us through the movie, even though we didn't see his mouth moving. I'm going to say it one more time, and maybe somebody on your road will catch a clue. His voice led us through the movie. It told us what was coming next. It told us what was going on. His voice led us through the movie, even though we did not see his mouth moving. And today, I want to ask you, who's leading you? 
we are all led by voices. And there's four that we're going to get into in a moment. In that movie, what's most interesting to me is that Mikey, the little baby, he's narrating us through the movie. He's leading us through the movie, and he's doing it by his voice. That's powerful because sometimes we underestimate who we give our ears to and don't realize that every voice is attempting to influence us to go left or right, up or down. I pray that you not get played by people in your ear this year. I pray that you not get distracted by people in your ear this year. I pray that you not allow voices to put things in your ear that mess up your future. Because let's tell the truth. There's been a lot of bad decisions we've made and if we tell the truth, it's because we had something or somebody in our ear attempting to lead us. And I don't know about you, but for the rest of my days, I need the Lord to lead me. Would you throw your hands up and say, Lord, I need you to lead me. Now, 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 John 10, 26 and 27 says this, but you do not believe me because you are not among my sheep. This is Jesus talking. And he says, you don't believe. And the reason you don't believe is because you are not among my sheep. Say my sheep. Now, this is significant. One, Jesus says they're my sheep. The Bible uses agricultural imagery uh, to illustrate the relationship between two relationships. One, between Jesus and his church. The Bible calls him the great shepherd or the great bishop, the great episcopos, the great overseer of our souls. Got it? So Jesus and his church, that shepherd and sheep. But then it also illustrates the relationship between a pastor and those that he leads. So it's the pastor and the sheep. It's the shepherd and the sheep. Now, Jesus says, you don't believe me because you're not mine. In other words, he says, if you were my sheep, you would believe me. Why does he use the term sheep? Because sheep had to be led by a shepherd. Say shepherd. A shepherd had a specific instrumentation that he used in order to lead the sheep. See, when a shepherd was leading sheep, he didn't just show up and throw his hands out and say, come on, sheep. He had an instrument that was called the shepherd's crook or the shepherd's staff. As the bishop, we call it a crozier. And it had a hook at one end, and at the bottom, it was solid. It was solid as a rock because sometimes, watch me, it had to be used to break the legs of the sheep because the sheep would start to wander. And sometimes the only way you could get somebody not to wander is take away their option. You missed what I just said. Sometimes when you're doing your own thing, what God has to do is shut down your options because you got too many options so you don't follow him. See, some folk uh, doing right is an option, which is why God has shut down your options so that you only have one choice, which is to do what he said. I need some of you to realize, watch this, you've not been punished, you've been protected. Watch this. So the shepherd would sometimes, when a sheep would begin to wonder, because the sheep always thought they knew more than they did. Sheep naturally don't see well. In fact, they're partially blind, which means what they think they're seeing isn't what they see. <laughs> you miss me. A sheep thinks they know where they're going, and they think they know what they're doing. Let me prove it to you. When you started smelling yourself, because sheep have an odor. Smelling yourself is a colloquialism that simply means you started believing your own hype. And let's tell the truth, all of us, at least once in our lives, especially when you count yourself by 16, 17, 18, right in there, you started smelling yourself. Some of y'all, you're still doing it now. You're 45. You're too old to be doing that. I'm going to preach hard since y'all ain't going to sit there to me. What happens is when you start smelling yourself, you start thinking you're exempt from what the rules are. You start thinking that what's supposed to happen doesn't apply to you. And when you start smelling yourself, sheep stink, so they sometimes start smelling themselves. And when they started smelling themselves, they start thinking they saw something that they didn't. So sheep would be like, I'm going to go do this, I'm going to go do this, I'm going to go do this, I'm going to go do this. And the problem is what they thought they saw they couldn't see because they can't see well. 
So sheep had to develop a stronger hearing to compensate for their inadequate seeing. That's why the Bible says, my sheep don't see me, they hear me. My sheep don't know how to see me. They don't know what I look like when I come. Because when I show up, I'm not going to be packaged how they want it. I'm going to be packaging what they need. I'm not going to be packaging what they want. I'm going to be packaging what they need. It's not going to look like what they think it should be. It's going to look like what they need it to be. Which means sometimes your blessing is going to show up as a burden. Sometimes your breakthrough is going to show up as a breakdown. Sometimes your surge is going to show up as... So he says, they don't know how to see. So what they have to depend on is my voice. They have to develop a stronger hearing. And sometimes they start smelling themselves and they start venturing off. So sometimes the shepherd would have to take the bottom part of the staff and he'd have to, boop, he'd have to break their leg. What do legs represent? Your wheel. He'd have to break your wheel by breaking your ways, by destroying what you wanted. See, there are certain things in your life that if you tell the truth, you want it for your life, but God didn't say nothing about that. You wanted them, but the problem is, is you just would want anybody that wanted you. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. So sometimes what God has to do is have to break our will. Got it? But that shepherd's staff was also used at the end. Sometimes the sheep would start not only walking off, but they'd start wandering off. So they'd use the end of it, and the shepherd would snatch the neck of the sheep back. Touch the neighbor and say, snatched up. Sometimes when you call yourself running from God, I ain't going to church. I ain't serving. I ain't doing that. God says, wait a minute. I will snatch a knot. Only southern people know what that means. Which means, watch this. You can do whatever you think you big and bad enough to do. But there's no place you can go where I can't snatch you. And I'm so glad. Watch me. That God snatched me up. For some, he snatched you out of the bar. For some, he snatched you out of your ex's house. For some, he snatched you out of depression. For some, he snatched you out of bankruptcy. For some, but touch your neighbor and say, he snatched me. Is there anybody that can give God a praise that he snatched? Somebody holler, he snatched me up. But in that shepherd's staff, was also used for a shepherd to etch their history into the shepherd's staff so that whenever they got weary, they could lean on what they've been through. Whenever they got weary, they could lean on their history. See, whenever you find yourself getting tired, let me tell you a problem. You forgot what you've already beaten. So when David, can I go Bible? When David was fighting his fight with Goliath, King Saul, who was supposed to go fight the battle, but he was too weak to do it. See, let me tell you what your next promotion is going to come through. Because somebody else forfeited their spot. You're not hearing me. Because you've been faithful. It's somebody that didn't do the job, you about to get it. Somebody that didn't want to lead right, you about to get it. Somebody that didn't want to do it right, touch your neighbor and say, I'm next. I'm ready. <laughs> you ready. You had to be here on Wednesday to understand that. So watch. Watch. Saul was supposed to go fight the battle. He's the king. David's like, I'll go fight. Saul, rather than manning up and saying, I got this, he sent David out because he thought David, watch this, David was going to die. He thought, I'm going to let David go fight because this boy is about to die. 
and he's going to buy me time. He didn't think David was going to win. I need to tell everybody in here with the deck stacked against you. Let me tell you, good. They thought you were going to lose, but God's about to make you. Somebody say, I'm about to win. I'm a... Even with a bad hen, watch me win. Even with a bad team, watch me win. He, he thought, he thought David was going to lose. So it would buy him time. There are certain people who have already eulogized you and you ain't even on the field yet. Listen to me. Some of you, you've eulogized yourself. I don't know how this is going to work out. I, don't, I know how it's going to work out for my good. Can we just take an interruption to the worship experience and just give God five seconds of glory? Why? That all things are working. All things are working. He thought David was going to die. Because here David is, this little boy. And, and, and Goliath's been a man of war since he was a boy. So watch this. David, he puts on King Saul's armor. Because he's about to fight a king's battle. Some of you have been wearing stuff that's always been too big for you. Because it wasn't about where you were, it was about where you were headed. This is why some of you, like, since, you, since you've been a child, you've always been dealing with grown folks' problems. That's because God says, I need you to accelerate. I don't need you to be, by the time you're 18, I need you to have the wisdom of 65-year-old. You ain't talking to me. So watch me. He puts on his armor, and it doesn't work. Bishop, I thought you were talking about a shepherd's staff. Oh, I am. Stay with me. He puts on Saul's armor, and it doesn't work. And the Bible says because he hadn't tested it. It wasn't proven. Do you know what David does? David goes, and if you read your Bible, David goes, and he gets the stuff he knows that works. David goes and gets his shepherd's staff because he's a shepherd. And when he's facing Goliath, you want to know what he does? He looks at his history, and he says, I beat a lion. I beat a bear. So who is this uncircumcised Philistine? that dare to fight the armies of the living God. Watch me. There are certain things. Watch. I'm preaching to me. There are certain things that when you did them in certain places, it didn't seem like it worked. But when you do it in the right place, it's going to work for you and it's going to work. So David, all those shatabah, all those years David thought he was overlooked, all those years he thought nothing was working. God says, you just didn't fight the right battle yet. You were on the back, but I'm taking you to the... He says, he says, all those years that you thought it wasn't, it was, you were training. Say the shepherd's staff. Now, now, now watch me, watch me, watch me, watch me. This is important because my sheep, John 10, 27, hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. That, sheep, that shepherd's staff was used to get the sheep when they were wandering, to break the will of the sheep, and for the shepherd to review their history. Now, check this out. Stay with me. Whatever we want most talks the loudest, which is why daily we have to pray that his will is done, which means break, daily we got to pray, Lord, get them legs. Come on here. Because here's what happens. When you get strong, you'll think that you're walking on your own. So what happens is sometimes, watch this, you gotta, he's got to get them legs. Come here, Jacob. I'm going to do something to put your hip out of socket. Because when you're walking, I don't ever want you to forget that the only reason why you're walking 
is because of me. So sometimes when you start getting strong, what ends up happening is that your will starts to assert itself. I'm grown. This is what I want. This is what I'm going to do. This is how I feel. This is what I'm going to do. I got to do this. I got to do that. Which is why, watch this, you can be saved and not submitted. And that's why there's so many internal struggles with people is because the truth is, is that you don't worship him. You worship you. You just come to church. What do you mean? Because everything in life is about your will, what you want, how you feel, what you think it should be. Y'all ain't saying nothing. You know you've matured when you say it ain't even about me. It's about God getting the glory through me. Somebody needs to throw up one hand and say, Lord, your will be done. This ain't about you. That's why you take everything so personal and always getting offended because you think it's about you. It's not about you. It's about God getting the glory out of our lives. That's why Matthew 26, 42, Jesus says this again for the second time. He went away and he prayed, my father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. So check this out. Jesus has got his guys with him. They can't even stay up for an hour to pray with him. And I said this in 915. Be careful when you're counting on people that can't be counted. You set yourself up for failure. Because here's the reality. Jesus is like, I'm by myself. Because these guys, I told them to come with me and pray for an hour. I go back and check on them. They sleep. Which means, watch this. They wanted platforms, but they didn't know how to deal with process. I'm weary of people who want, who want to be next to me. And watch this. And you need to be weary of people who want to be next to you. But watch this. They don't want to put in the same work you do. process is important because it gives you a proper price some of you single folks there's no process to you which is why they won't pay that much why you be doing all that I gotta get it out somehow so some of y'all are wondering I wonder why they treat me like that because you were free and nobody's gonna pay full price for something that's free you ain't got to like it it's true anyhow touch your neighbor say he just said something right there You ain't giving me to pay for it. Yeah, that's right. Jesus has these guys, Peter, James, and John. They couldn't even pray within an hour. So he goes and checks on them. He's like, really? We sorry, Jesus. Lord, Lord, I'm sorry. But I'm tired. Had a long night. He said, I've never needed you until right now. And when I need you, you can't even give me an hour. Sometimes you don't need to be mad. You just need to be over it. I don't know who this word is for, but there are some people you're mad. Why couldn't they do this? And you need to take a page from Jesus. Just be over it. I know not to count on you next time. Done.com. We ain't having the meeting. We ain't having discussion. We don't need to talk about nothing. Done.com. Duly noted. Jesus. He goes back after he comes from them. And he's like, Lord, if this doesn't have to go down like this, please, 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 don't let it happen. But if that's what you say, watch it. Here's what many of us stop. Lord, I don't want to deal with that. Amen. 
If that's been you, I need you to just do something. Let me know that's been you. We, that's been all of us. And if your neighbor didn't raise their hand, they're a liar. And so elbow them. No, I'm just joking. Don't do that. I'm just joking. Have fun in church, guys. Got to have fun in church. Watch. That's been all of us. Lord, I don't want to deal with that. Amen. That's the end of prayer. Ain't nothing to pray about. But here's how you know you've submitted your will. But if this is how it has to be, your will be done. I need everybody in here that ain't fighting with God no more to say your will be done. I need everybody in here that ain't trying to get what you want, but you want what he wants to say your will be done. I need everybody in here that says, Lord, I give you my life because you gave me yours. Say your will be done. When you have that, it makes it discerning the voices easier. Why? Because whatever we want most talks louder. So there's one of four voices talking. And you need to hear me. Rarely is God's voice an audible voice. Okay? Don't think because you feel something or sense something that it's God or because you felt something in your gut or your eye twitched or you saw a certain number. That's not how God works. Now, this is important to understand. Why? Because God didn't even talk to his mama himself. He sent an angel. Why is that important? Because sometimes people with misunderstandings and misinterpretations will call stuff God that's not God. It's voice number one. It's you talking to yourself. Manifesting your own will in a third person's voice. And the problem with that is that when we're doing that, our leading comes from our heart, which is dangerous. What have we been taught in American culture? Just follow. That's dangerous. Let me show you why. Here's Bible. Jeremiah 17 and 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? The only one that gets your heart is Jesus. You don't get you. This is why one day you, you, you feel this way and the next day you feel another way. You can't even figure out how you want to feel. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. One moment you're in love with him, the next moment you're writing up papers on him. One moment, one moment you want to keep the house, the next moment you want to sell it. Y'all ain't talking to me. One moment you're in, the next moment you're out. One moment is your season to be here, the next moment you ain't sure no more. Make up your mind. Pick a side. The heart is deceitful. Here's deception. Deception isn't just a liar. Deception is a lowdown, two-timing, ratchet, Skeezing, thirsty. That's all I can say is third Sunday. Watch me. Here's what deception does. See this black towel? Here's what deception will do. Give me that one there, please. Here, thank you. Here's what deception will do. Everybody see the gray towel? Now, at the 915, I had the gray towel. Because I saw this, I'm now comfortable with this. So now, watch what deception does. Even though this ain't that, that's what I want. So deception says, everybody see the great towel? Mm -mm. That's not it. Deception will look at this and say, that is a great towel. You're just not seeing it right. If you don't see it the way I see it, fake news. That's not a bishop seal. That's a playground. Doesn't everybody see the playground? Listen, folks, it's a playground. And people will sit up, and here's how deception works. Deception gets the co-signers. Deception wants a lynch mob. Deception wants a mob. So don't you see it? And then you'll get somebody that's deceived too. They say, I see it like that too. I don't know why we do that too. Don't you see it like that? I see it like that too. And the whole time, deception, the only one you're playing is yourself. The Bible says that's what your heart does to you. What is heart in scripture? It's the Hebrew word left. It means mind, which means your mind lies to you more than the devil does. 
Your, line will, your mind will tell you stuff that's simply not true. Your mind will tell you, you know what? So-and-so can't stand you. You ain't never talked to him. Your mind will tell you so-and-so got an attitude with you. You've never even interacted with them. Your mind will tell you they're going to reject me. And what you don't know, watch this, is that the truth is, is that they're dealing with the same thing you're dealing with. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Say, Lord, help my mind. I, that's why the Bible says, let this mind that was in Christ be in us also. Why? Because I can't go off of what I think is right. Because if I follow my heart, my heart's going to lie to me. It's going to tell you love somebody you don't. They're just convenient. It's going to tell you you want something that you don't. It's going to tell you to give up on what you should pursue, and it's going to tell you to pursue what you need to quit. It's deceitful above what? Everything. And the Bible says it's desperate and it's sick. You will sit up and hate somebody you've never talked to because the heart is sick. America, I want to preach. I don't want to preach now. America has a heart problem. It's deceitful above all things and it's desperately sick. Blaming other people for, y'all ain't saying nothing. So let us not take responsibility. Let's blame them, 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 them. Let's not accept the realities of what the country's done. Let's blame everybody else. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me and it's right. But let's tell the truth. We all, according to this scripture, Say, Lord, reveal my heart to me and heal my heart in front of me. Watch me. You will rationalize wrong when you're, submit, when you're not submitted to his will. Because remember, whatever you want most talks loudest. So if I want his will, that'll talk loudest. Which means it won't be a fight to do what he said because it ain't what I want. It's only a fight to do what he said because the truth is, is that I want what I want. That's the only reason there's a struggle. That's the only reason there's a fight. Watch this. You still here? Proverbs 21.2. Every way of a man is right in his eyes. But the Lord weighs the what? Heart. How can he weigh it? Because he's the only one that knows it. What does weigh mean? God says, I know what you really meant. I know what you really are saying. I know the why behind your what. See, you know the right words to say, but I know the ways behind the words. Say, Lord, don't let me leave myself. This is dangerous, folks. And whenever people start using key words, I need you to, I need you to get hip, okay? I need you to listen. Whenever people start using key words, they're telling you what's leading them. So when somebody's like, I just feel in my heart, oh, God, Jesus, Lord, we're done. Why? Because you're leading you. Well, no, I didn't mean it that way. No, you just didn't mean to tell me that. You meant it. You just didn't mean for me to hear it. Y'all don't like this. Because watch, what did I just do? Because most people, let's tell the truth. That's what they tell you. I just feel in my heart. You better look and say, okay. Now explain that to me. Here's the second voice. People's unbiblical opinions. So one, you could be leading you. Dangerous. Smooth criminal. Number two. The store gets my jokes. Because my jokes, they're layered. 
Like they're layered jokes. It ain't just boom. They're like they're layers. You got to pull out and extrapolate and exegete the text. <laughs> Here's what people will say. If I was you, you're not. God knows your heart. You're right, baby girl. He's the only one that does. They'll say stuff the Bible doesn't say. And they can't quote a verse. It just sounds biblical. Because the Bible says, you know, it's all about love. It doesn't say that. doesn't say that anywhere. Don't say that. The Bible says cleanliness. It don't say that. But let me tell you, being stank ain't either. Let me just tell you, though. Let me just tell you. <laughs> if you got to pick one or the other, you're going to need to be clean. They'll keep people together that shouldn't be. Okay, since you don't want to say nothing. Y'all had a baby. Y'all need to get married. You need to do right by her. Doing right by her ain't getting married if you don't want to do right by her. Y'all ain't saying nothing. So we just going to preach like I want to. Hope you don't get offended if you do. That's all right. I already got a friend. His name is Jesus. Would you touch your neighbor and say, stop letting people play you? They'll tell you to fight for something. That the Bible doesn't say. They'll put you in bondage. The Bible doesn't put you in. And then they'll try to break up what needs to stay together. And so he said, y'all got to pray. Girl, I would leave him. Because we got to pray? Ebony, get in the car. The problem is. <laughs> so like, what is that? Google it. Let's tell the truth. How many of us have let other people influence our decisions? And then when we looked at what they did, you're like, that was horrible. Let me, let me show you a story in the Bible. Second Chronicles chapter 22, verse 2. And, and then I'm, I'm going to preach this real fast. Then, and then we'll get my... Second Chronicles 22 and 2. You ready? Say unbiblical opinions. If people are going to tell you something's in the word, make them give you a scripture and verse. If you'll notice, I'm always giving you scripture and verse. Even during prayer, and we pray for something, I give you scripture and verse. Why? Because just giving opinions don't matter. I says we got a lot of people giving opinions and people are passing it off as a scripture because you saw it on Instagram. It must be Bible. I saw it on Facebook. This must be the Bible. And it feeds what you want to believe. Okay, like this saying, this too shall pass. That ain't the Bible. I just, some of y'all just. <laughs> the principle is there. Those words, as iterated, are not. Okay, here's another one. What, what's for you? That ain't the Bible. You get what you fight for. Joshua, it's yours. Go fight to get it, though. So I'm fighting from the victory, not for the victory. Okay. Ahaziah was 22 years old when he began to reign. How old was he? And he reigned one year in Jerusalem. 
His mama's name was Athaliah, the granddaughter of Omri. If I had time, I could teach you the genealogy here because there's a whole lot of baggage in this, in this bloodline. Verse 3, he also walked in the ways of the house of Ahab, for his mother was his counselor in what? Doing wickedly. Look at me. The Bible says this guy walked in the same ways of his father Ahab. Ahab was a weak king that allowed Jezebel, his wife, to negatively influence and impact the kingdom. What that spirit represents today is a spirit that rebels, it's a spirit that comes against, it's a spirit that challenges spiritual leadership to try to shut it down so that although the leader has the mic, they don't have control. It stirs up mess in churches, stirs up mess on jobs, it stirs up gossip, it stirs up controversy, all with an attempt to try to shut down and silence the head so that the body is being controlled by itself. That's that spirit. Now, why is this important? He walked in the ways of the house of Ahab, which means he didn't realize he was the curse breaker. I need you not to walk in the ways of what God was trying to break. Then it says, for his mother was his counselor in doing wickedly. What? His mother gassed him up and fed him stuff that made him do crazy. The Bible says she was his counselor in doing what? Wickedly. So watch this. God would be like, this is what I want. His mom would be like, baby, you don't need to do that. You, it don't take all of that. You don't have to do all of that. You don't need to do that. And see, watch this. Maybe it's not your mother. Maybe it's your father. Maybe it's not your father. Maybe it's your cousin. Maybe it's not your cousin. It's your brother. Maybe it's not your brother. It's your sister. Maybe it's not your sister. It's your little cousin. Maybe it's not your little cousin. It's Pookie. And you don't really know what they are to you. You just know that they're family. Watch me. Her unbiblical opinions. Let's read the next part of the verse. The next verse. It says this. He did what was evil in the sight of who? The Lord, as the house of Ahab had done. Which means he didn't think it was a big deal. She didn't think it was a big deal. But somebody say, but God did. For after the death of his father, they were counselors. Read this next part with me like a big army. To his what? To his undoing. Which means her unbiblical opinions undid him. He lost the kingdom because he listened to his mama. And his mama wasn't trying to do God's will. His mama was trying to be in charge. Y'all not saying nothing to me. You need to make sure that the people giving you counsel are people that want to see God's will done. Are people that want to see God's will prevail. And not their own will. Because if not, they'll tell you something crazy. And they'll, watch this, you'll be undone while they walk off the scene. Y'all not talking to me. So look at 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 5. I'm just about through. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 5. Is anybody getting something? There's a lot of folk on the sound of my voice where we have had athaleas. They've given you unbiblical opinion. And watch this. And it affected you so that you stopped doing what was right to consider the wicked they said. Why did he listen? Because of who she was. Which means often unbiblical opinions are going to come from people that you trust. People that you know. People who you'd say, well, why would they not want to say something good to me? Not realizing that the enemy, watch this, every attack against you begins with a conversation. Y'all not talking to me. How did Samson get tore down? Delilah, what did she do? Talk. Say, Lord, guard my ears. Please say it like you mean it. Say, Lord, guard my ears from unbiblical opinions. Say, if it's not the word, I don't want it. 
Here's how they work. 2 Timothy 3.5. Having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. Avoid such people. In other words, they sound spiritual when they're saying stuff. Like, that sounds spiritualish. That makes sense. You know what I mean? But they deny its power. In other words, they're out of order, but they say spiritual stuff. So they're trying to tell you what to do. They don't go to church. They're trying to tell you what you should do. They don't pray. They're trying to tell you how to get out of debt. They don't give, tithe. What does the Bible say to do with those people? Avoid them. Which means, listen, mm-mm. Now you need to call me back. Mm-mm. When you see crazy coming, cross the street. Because sometimes what seems to be a harmless conversation is the most hurtful thing that could happen. Because they'll just introduce a few words that'll stir something up in you. Y'all not talking to me. And before you know it, they've sown it into you. And that thing is growing and it's growing and it's growing. And then one day you act out on it. And then when you go back to them, watch this. Watch this. They're going to be like, oh. Mm. Be careful when you're listening to the counsel of people who aren't helping you build. Because they have no vested interest in moving it forward. They move on. Uh, uh, Watch me. Verse 6. For among them are those who creep in the households. What do they do? So they creep. Okay, stop. If you don't know what that is, Google it. Here's how this person works. They're not going to be big and bold. Mm-mm. Come here. So now what was she saying? I just don't know because I feel and I just think, child, I just say, Shalom. If I may. Touch your neighbor and say, Watch out for the creepers. If they thought they were right, they wouldn't do it in private. If they thought they were right, they wouldn't creep. If they thought what they were saying was good, they wouldn't be ashamed to say it. Oh no, you ain't gonna come to me to talk, you ain't coming to me to talk about him. Come say it in front of his face. Watch out for people creeping. I didn't want to get nobody in trouble. You are a witch because if you really wanted it to be right, you'd make sure it was handled. What's a witch? A manipulator through rebellion. I'm preaching hard today, y'all forgive me. I, I ain't even on my other vitamins. These are the regular ones. Watch. Wednesday, the harvester sent me some other vitamins. I was like, I, yeah, I was just like, I, this is a lot. This is my regular vitamin. All my fit harvest people, this is my regular vitamin. Listen. For among them, there are those who creep into what? Households. So these are people who always want to be in your personal business. Watch out for people asking personal questions in professional settings. Why are you all up in that? Well, I just want to get to know you. I understand that. That's nice. But now I'm paying attention. Who creep in the households and what do they do? 
capture. What, it, what does capture mean? Okay. All right. Come here. Uh, come here. Capture. Okay. You looking at me? Look at me. All right. Here's capture. Now look over there. You see all them? You see them? Okay. All right. Good. Capture. Get in front of them. Capture his attention. So now that his attention is captured, he can't pay attention to what I'm saying. Now that his attention is captured, he can't pay attention to what, no, keep looking at him. Your attention is captured. He been taught, so he know to turn his head to me. Here's what they do. They come in your life, distract you, capture your attention, give you their opinions, and the voice you're supposed to be following, you've now stopped paying attention to. And look, put the verse up. And here's what it says they do. They capture weak women. Watch me. They go for the weak one in your family. They find the weak one in your kids. They find the weak one between a husband and a wife. Y'all not saying nothing to me. And then they start feeding them stuff, burdened out with sins and led away by various passions and lusts. Go to the next verse. It says this. It says this. Always learning but never able to arrive to the knowledge of the truth. It means they never have any fruit to show. They're always telling you what they think, but they don't have any fruit. Where are your results? I hear what you're saying, but I need you to show me something. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Verse 8, just as Janus and Jambres oppose Moses. So how do you know people are giving you unbiblical opinions? Because they're always in opposition to the head. They're always in opposition to leadership in church, on your job, in your family. They're always opposing leadership. Always. They say, everybody lift your hand. And then be the first ones to come up and ask for prayer after church. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I tell you what, you wouldn't need it if you throw your hands up. Somebody ought to throw your hands up and say, Lord, have your way. I messed around and thought it was the fifth Sunday. Men corrupted in mind. It says your mind, their minds are corrupt and disqualified concerning the faith. Here's the next verse. It says this. They ain't going to get very far. They've been where they're going. For their folly will be made plain to all, as was those two men. Just don't be their folly. What do you mean? Let me back that up. They're going to feed you their unbiblical opinions. And what they will do is you'll end up being their folly because you followed. Are you hearing me? Now, here's the next voice. First voice could be who? We talking to ourselves. Second voice is people's unbiblical opinion. Here's the third voice, Satan talking. When Satan talks, he's an accuser. Revelation 12.10. He gives accusations. Accusations, he's a prosecutorial angel. That's his role. Hasetan is not his name. It's a title. It's the adversary, the celestial prosecutor. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, now the salvation and the power of the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. Say this next part with me like a big army. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before. Stay right here. I want, I want to break this down. Say he's an accuser. Here's what he does. I got to close. He accuses you to yourself. You ain't good. You're going to mess up. You're always screwing stuff up. Nothing ever is going to work for you. Then he accuses, watch this, other people to you. You know what? I don't know why you're going to forgive them. Why pray for them? You know what? Be mad at them. You know what? You should probably hate them. They're probably talking about you right now. They don't care nothing about you. Nobody cares anything about you. Then he'll accuse God to you. If God loved you, why are you going through this? If God loved you, why are you dealing with this? And what you have to learn how to do is to shut him down. Say, Lord, I shut him down. 
which means whenever you hear an accusation, you know the source of the voice. Whenever you're thinking to blame somebody else, you know the source of the voice. Whenever you're thinking it's somebody else's fault, you know the source of the voice. Whenever you're feeling like God doesn't love you, you know the source of the voice. Whenever you feel like I can't go on because I'm not good enough, you know the source of the voice. But watch this. He's been thrown down, but watch the tense of the latter part of the verse. Who accuses them, which means he still does it to see if you'll let the accusation stick. Uh-uh, mm-mm, mm-mm. back that thing up. Call him good Jesus. Let's back it up. Say he's been thrown down, but he still accuses. What do you mean thrown down? Here's another word to look at it. God says, listen, after he gives all these accusations about you to yourself, about you to other people, about other people to you, about you to God, God to you, then watch this. God is our advocate, our counselor. He's our defense attorney. He's also sitting on the bench. He's the judge, which means the case is stacked. What do you mean? Which means no, the only way this case doesn't go good is if I start talking instead of letting my lawyer talk for me. So when the judge says, how do you plead? Rather than saying, you know what? I did everything. You need to be quiet and let Jesus talk for you. What is he going to say? Lord, there's a special provision in the law. They may have done everything he just said they did. But they are not who he says they are. And you want to know what our plea is? We plead the blood. And whenever we see the blood, we've got to pass over, which means it's time for the next case because your accusations against them do not stick. Lay your hands on yourself. Say the charges don't stick. You are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. You're over overcoming, never being overcome. The charges cannot You can't let them accuse you. So, you know the source of the voice of his accusations. But he's going to keep doing it. Hoping one day you'll bite. Hoping one day you'll turn yourself in. And say, you know what? He's right. I do mess everything up. I'm just going to quit. And then he's like, I got you. He's like, you had the best lawyer. And the judge was on your side. This was a done deal. You locked yourself up. I break the spirit of guilt, condemnation, shame. That's not God. Say no guilt. Say no shame. Say no condemnation. What does that mean? It doesn't mean that I'm just walking around living crazy. It just means when I have a human moment, I repent, I get back up, and I keep it moving. I'm ready. You ready? Let's go. Here's the fourth voice. God talking. Bingo. There are very few times God spoke audibly. Just because you hear voices doesn't mean you hear God. Instead of seeking a voice, seek a verse. Why? Many times people are listening for something externally because they won't be students internally. So rather than reading the word to get instructions, I'm waiting on some voice to come visit me in the bathroom and say, when thou goest back, tell her you got me twisted. I mean, you know, like, like this, is not, this is not how this works. 
when thine stands before the... No. Somebody said that's not how this works. But let's tell the truth. Many times you'll hear people saying stuff and you'll be like, I want that. People will be like, and I woke up and the Lord told me to look up. <laughs> and then I looked up and then the Lord said, the Lord said, go make a macaroni and cheese. And then, then the Lord said, they don't sell it, just go give it away. And then like, okay, listen. First of all, that wasn't the Lord, that was me. I came to visit you in your dream because I didn't. <laughs> I was just joking. That's not how, more often than not, that's not how, more often than not, that it works. On Wednesday, I'll go into detail. Is that possible? Yes. Is it probable? No. Matthew 24, 35. 20, Matthew 24, 35. I'll stretch your hands towards the drum section. I'm just, I'm just joking. Heaven and earth will be gone before anything I say it passes away. What's the point? The Bible says that the earth is without end. So what's the point? He said, what I say is what I said. Let's borrow a line. Say he said, he said. what he said. he said. That's it. God says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words, words is plural, which means there's, it's not just talking about the words he said uh, as an accumulative body of work. There's two different words for word. The first word is logos. That's God's logic. It is what God has said. It's his written word. Say logos. If you think of logos, they're like Legos. That's what you build your life with. I build my life with what he said. Got it? God never says anything that contradicts his logos. So you have people who come up and say, God told me not to come to church today. You're lying. You're lying. I don't even have to have a discussion with you. Why? Because that directly contradicts what his word says. His word says in Luke chapter 4 that he never missed church. He said, as was his custom, he got up and read in the synagogue on the Sabbath. He didn't miss church and he served. Scripture says in Hebrews, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together, especially all the more as you see the day approaching. So if you're telling me he says something to contradict that, one of y'all is a lie. The Lord just told me not to forgive them today. It's not a season for forgiveness. You're a lie. Let me tell you how I know. He said, if you don't forgive them, I can't forgive you. Which means... Now is always the time to forgive somebody. Now, that don't mean you go back and be a fool. You know, you step on my foot. I forgive you, but listen, from here on out, you stand over there. Mm -mm. You need to stay with a whole arm's length away. Back up, back up, because it's on. People may say, the Lord told me not to give. Not true. This is not true. He wouldn't say that. The Lord told me it's a season to just take a sabbatical from, from, from God and church. He wouldn't say that. So let's just tell the truth. That's what you want. The Lord just told me now is not the, not the time to be praying. Now, y'all looking at me and saying that, but listen, you ought to be a pastor for a day. Literally. I'm going to have a camera follow me. 
and so that way y'all can see a day. And then you're going to be like, God will never contradict what he said. Then here's the second word. And I'm getting ready to close. Look at the neighbor say rhema. Rhema is this Greek word that means what he's saying based on what he said. Why do we come to church? Listen to me. Making friends is nice. That's not why we come to church. Having family is nice. That's not why we come to church. Um, enjoying music. That's great. That ain't why we come to church. Um, sitting next to great people. Look at your name. Smile. I'm showing you pearly 10, 12, 32, 22, 5, 6, silver, platinum, gold, aluminum foil, whatever you got. They're amazing. They really are. That ain't where you come. We come for rhema. What, what's, the, what's the longest part of the experience? The word. Why? That's what we came for. Why? His rhema is fresh bread based on what he's already said. Which means even though we're reading stories that happened thousands of years ago, that's his logos. But when I come to church, I can get a rhema based on his logos. So even though I don't know Athaliah and this, that, and the other, the reality is I can learn something from their life because I'm getting rhema based on their logos. And I just need to check this 1150 to see is there anybody that says, Lord, I want more of your word. Say, Lord, I need your word. Say, Lord, fill me with your word. And I'm out of time. Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, and at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God, and they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means. That not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All of those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word DECISION to the phone number 59769. And when you do, 
I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and, and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app? Over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.